Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Munkinass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Tom Ackerman with you. We will be with you until noon today as we get you set for Game 3 of the National League Championship Series. John Mozalock, the Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, will be with us at 1130. At 11.45, Jonathan Hayes, the new head coach and general manager of the St. Louis Battlehawks. He will be with us as we discuss their upcoming season. They have a draft coming up as well. They have a lot to talk about, and I can't wait to hear about new football here in St. Louis playing at the Dome at America's Center. That will be happening this upcoming season, so that's very good. We also have this going on right now. Brantley ready for a 2-2. Here it comes. And that's lifted pretty deep to left center field. Maben is going back in front of the out-of-town scoreboard, makes the catch, and that is the ball game. The Yankees take game one of the American League Championship Series, shutting out the Astros tonight by a final score of 7 to nothing. The Yankees go up one game to none in the series. How about that? I mean, they go into Houston and silence that crowd and that team. Are you kidding me? That is uh, when you think the Cardinals had a rough one. The Houston Astros getting blanked by the New York Yankees. The Yankees are trying to get back to the World Series. They've been out of it for 10 years. Do you know that? Yankees are in a, do you know that, James? They're in a 10-year World Series drought, the New York Yankees. They took game one of the ALCS. Masahiro Tanaka was excellent, and Glaber Torres was excellent. Tanaka continued his string of impressive playoff performances. He held the Astros to one hit and one walk over six innings. The Cardinals were one hit by Anibal Sanchez in that first game, and Max Scherzer worked him over in the second game. Well, Tanaka worked over the Astros, so this isn't just happening in St. Louis. Tanaka worked him over. Torres was excellent as well. Tanaka, by the way, faced the minimum 18 batters, and he didn't allow a hit until a one-out single in the third inning. Kyle Tucker had that. He's 5-2 and two with a 1.32 ERA and seven postseason starts is Tanaka. Torres was 3-5, for five, five RBIs to highlight the Yankees' 13-hit attack. He opened the scoring with an RBI double in the fourth, sixth inning solo home run, two-run single in the seventh. 
He capped the scoring with an RBI grounder. Giancarlo Stanton homered in the sixth off Zach Greinke, who was reached for three runs and seven hits over six innings. And the series stays in Houston today for game two between the Yankees and the Astros. The Cardinals will play tomorrow against the Washington Nationals on the road. Tonight's game is a 7.08 start in Houston. Our old friend, the KMOXer, Joe Buck, will have that call on Fox 2 if you want to watch it tonight at 7.08 between the Yankees and the Astros. Tomorrow's game for the Cardinals is a 6.38 start in Washington. 7.05 is the start for Game 2. 3.08 is the start for Game 5. And yes, I do believe there's going to be a Game 5 as the Cardinals are down 0-2 in this series. John Mozeliak will be with us at 11.30. You know, one of the biggest stories in sports happened overnight and into this morning. Simone Biles broke the all-time record for most medals by any gymnast at the World Championships, winning the balance beam competition today. The 24th World Championship medal for Biles, who we have seen here in St. Louis competing. She breaks a tie of 23. Biles scoring on the beam after a near-flawless routine. And what an amazing athlete. One of the great athletes of our time, no doubt about it. Simone Biles breaking the all-time record for most medals by any gymnast at the World Championships. Congratulations to her. The Cardinals and the Nationals tomorrow, and we are remembering the great career of a Cardinal who I do believe is going to be wearing one of those red jackets at some point. When his name comes up on the ballot, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to get one of those. The fans will be all over it. Here he is, Game 6, 2011. David Freeze. Swing and a long one in the right. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's at the wall. It is off the wall. One run in. Here comes Burton. Over to third goes Freeze. We're tied 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah. How about that? Unbelievable. Tied on a triple by David Freeze. And in the 10th. Hamilton hits it high, deep to right center. And this is going to leave the park. A two-run homer for Josh Hamilton. The Rangers go up 9-7. to seven. And you started to think that story is going to be Josh Hamilton overcoming so many things in his personal life and getting the Rangers into a Game 6 advantage in the 10th inning up 9-7. He's going to be the story. The Cardinals in the bottom of the 10th said, I don't think so. The pitch to Terrio, a swing and a chopper to third. The play is going to be to first for the out, and a run scores. Terrio drives into Scalzo. Big RBI there for Ryan Terrio. Here comes Lance Berkman. The two on, two outs, two strikes, the pitch. A swing and a base hit into center field. Here comes John Jay with the tying run. Pujols goes to third, representing the winning run. The Cardinals have done it again. My, oh my, I can't believe it. It stayed 9-9 until the 11th inning, top of the 11th. Jake Westbrook worked that inning and was very good on the mound after Chris Carpenter uh, was waiting in the wings for a possible Game 7 on three days rest. Westbrook worked that 11th, bottom of the 11th. The call, Mike Shannon. 3-2 delivery on its way. Swing and a high drive to center field. Get up, baby. Get up, baby. Get up. Greatest home run in Cardinals history. Greatest moment in Cardinals history. 
greatest game in Cardinals history. I like that. I just gave it all three. <laughs> David Fries is retiring after an 11-year career. He stops with the Cardinals, the Angels, the Pirates, and the Dodgers. The St. Louis kid, the 36-year-old, the MVP of that NLCS and World Series in 2011, batted 545 with 12 hits in the NLCS that year. That set a postseason record uh, overall with 21 RBIs. David Freeze, congratulations to him on his retirement. Barry Odom is right around the corner, the Missouri football coach, and Mizzou has a door that has swung open for them in the SEC East. Georgia, the number three team in the country, entered as three touchdown favorites and lost yesterday. South Carolina, a stunner, 20-17 to in double overtime. Parker White's 23-yard field goal in the second overtime proved to be enough because Georgia's Rodrigo Blankenship was wide left on his attempt from 42 yards. Jake Fromm hadn't thrown an interception all season. The Gamecocks picked him off three times. Fromm also lost a fumble, and Georgia lost to South Carolina 20-17. to And Florida also lost as LSU with Joe Burrow. I like that quarterback. Passed for 293 yards and three touchdowns. LSU beat number 7 Florida 42-38 at Baton Rouge. The Tigers totaled 511 yards without allowing a sack or committing a turnover. And Florida, I like their team a lot too. But they fell just short they are now 6-1. and one. What does that mean in the SEC? Well, Missouri has a door open because the Tigers picked up a win yesterday. And what that means for college football in college football's best conference is that Missouri winning 38-27 over Ole Miss and Florida losing and Georgia losing means that the SEC East leader right now is the University of Missouri. They are 2-0 and in conference. Florida is 3 and 1, Georgia is 2 and 1. Florida and Georgia are both on Missouri's schedule, so it's very clear what Missouri has to do. If they win those two games, they're going to win the SEC East. South Carolina's already lost to Missouri. They're 2 and 2. Tennessee's 1 and 2 in the league. Kentucky's fallen to 1 and 3 in the league. Vanderbilt's 0 and 3. Missouri will have a tough task ahead of it. Don't make any mistake about that. This is going to be a big big challenge against two very good teams. But before they play Georgia, They'll go to Vanderbilt. They'll go to Kentucky. Those are two winnable games, road games, but winnable games. And then Georgia waiting in the wings on the road on Saturday, November 9th, and Florida at Columbia the week after that. Wow. We're going to come back and have Mizzou football coach Barry Odom on KMOX right after this. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Lindbergh. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back every Sunday at 11.15, and it's about 11.20 now, so we thank him for holding off for a few minutes. Uh, Tom Ackerman with you on Sports on a Sunday morning. I get to chat every Sunday at this time with Mizzou football coach Barry Odom, who won again. The Tigers picked up a win, 38-27 on homecoming against Ole Miss. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Good morning, Tom. Uh, thanks for making time to have me on again this week. I appreciate it, and I'm um, happy, happy for our team to, to find a way uh, to get another win. And it wasn't easy, uh, but we, we showed some toughness and resolve and grit uh, you know, to, to really, I think, put together a team win over, over a team that I think is pretty good in Ole Miss. I think they're going to win some games down the stretch. Uh, they've got the definitely the scheme to do it 
and they've got a lot of talented players. So our guys kind of kept rising to the challenge, and and uh, a number of guys had to step up and make plays. And then we got the ball with 5:51 on the clock in the fourth quarter, and uh, put together a drive, and we didn't didn't have to play another snap of defensive football, and that, that's that's a big time win um, on the way that our, our team battled back and and found a way to to win it in four quarters yeah after the cardinals game yesterday i watched your game and then i listened to that ending with mike kelly and howard richards on radio and and the way that you were able to put that away and hold off Ole miss i agree with you on Ole miss they have some talent there uh not only in the backfield but they have some players you can throw to they are going to be coming on eventually in the sec getting themselves back but you have Establish yourself now as a team that is not going to be easy to beat. I mean, this Missouri team can play tough defense. They can play offense. And with Kelly Bryant back and feeling good, I, you have to think that uh, you dodged a bullet there. With Bryant getting hurt the week before, I, I feared for his career. I really did. And now here he is playing like his old self, Barry. Well, when I saw the injury take place and the hit, I, that, that crossed my mind as well. Um, and then we got the first initial report back from all the different folks that checked it out. And I was still cautious on how he would respond. And then we go out to Tuesday's practice and the guy didn't miss a beat. I mean, he didn't miss one snap of practice and it was a little bit slow on Tuesday, but then we got into Wednesday and he looked even better Friday, Thursday looked even better. And, and I mean, he didn't, he didn't miss one opportunity and, uh, you know, a, a credit to a lot of folks, but also, you know, his uh, demeanor and his approach on how he handled the entire situation, um, you know, it kind of speaks volumes of what kind of kid he is and the toughness and the resolve and, you know, really more than anything, the mental toughness to be able to uh, withstand that and come back and perform the way that he did. You know, I love talking about the offensive line, and they really did a, a solid job for him and for your running game, didn't they? You had some openings, and your running backs took advantage. Absolutely, and it's so important and for us to have the, the ability to run the ball. Uh, we're going to have to do that down the stretch. You know, really, on Tuesday, uh, before and after practice, I challenged the offensive and defensive lines because I really believed that it was going to be won or lost in the fourth quarter. And those games come down to the line of scrimmage. And if you can establish it on both sides, then you've got an opportunity to win a game. And, and are really offensively, uh, the offensive line, if you watch this, the effort and the strain that they played with, uh, it was one of their best performances that we've had this year. And then you look at what the defensive line did on having the opportunity to not only, you know, the stat line wasn't great defensively for, for those guys, but they were disruptive and they controlled the line of scrimmage. You know, there were some things on the perimeter. Their quarterback is really good. He's, you know, I, I gave him a lot of credit going into the game for his speed. And then when I walked off the field, uh, I've got more respect for him. It's his, his speed is, is elite. And, you know, it doesn't maybe, you know, on film until you see it in person. Uh, really impressed with the that young kid they've got uh, as a freshman. Yeah, he's uh, awfully good. And, your defense, that was a huge stop before halftime, it wasn't it? I mean, big time. I mean, as you, you never know what, you know, plays, drives, situations are going to really ultimately determine the outcome of a game. You know, they all do in some capacity. But that big stop on fourth and inches, I mean, it was like at the inch line. 
and what a what a great team defensive play. Uh, you know the defenses that that continue to to work and prepare and then play with confidence. Great things happen for you, and that's one of the examples of. You know, you never know where the situation is going to come up. Give us a place to stand, and then let's go be assignment sound and, and play fast and play together. And uh, what a huge stop that was for us. Huge. Cale Garrett now sidelined because of his surgery. Cameron Wilkins making a start. A sophomore comes in, makes his first career start. He was making tackles. He was rushing the quarterback. He had uh, the big play on that goal line stand. Cameron Wilkins, tell me about him stepping in. Well, it's, you know, it's not going to. He did a he did a nice job stepping in for the first, you know, full time as a starter, but also Jamal Brooks came in and played and did well. So we're not going to be able to this say, hey, you're the guy. You fill in and and let's take off and and keep going at the speed that we were with Kale in there. It's going to be by committee, and it's also it's a responsibility for the for the other ten guys around that spot was up our game because we need to make sure that the productivity that Kale had, you know, I'm not going to put that on one guy to, to try to do that or expect that, but collectively as a group, uh, we've got enough players out there that we can keep going. Yeah, you have a, an absolute load in uh, Larry Roundtree. I just love watching him. Tyler Beatty. Tell me about Dawson Downing, the former walk-on, six carries for 70. Well, you look at the things that Dawson has done on his career, but but more specifically here, you know, since we started fall camp and back a little bit into the spring, he continues to work and he has earned everything that he's gotten. And and then for him to go in games and make big plays, he's he runs strong, he runs with toughness, he's assignment sound every time. You know what you're going to get. Uh, and man, I'm so happy for him getting into the end zone. We had guys blocking. Uh, at every position, at the point of attack, receivers downfield, and then the last five yards to to show the the way that he did to fight and, and get the ball across the end zone, man, that was awesome. Two more things for you. 62,621 at Faroe Field. What'd you think about that? That's yeah, it's great. It's uh you know, it's a, an environment that uh you want to create uh, experiences for your student athletes, and that's one way that uh, you know they'll remember that. And then now the opportunity for us to continue to do the things that we're supposed to do. Where when we come home uh, in November, that uh, that that it's that attendance plus, and uh, we'll keep working. And and uh, it's always awesome when you walk out and and, and the place is filled up. You go to Vanderbilt for a game on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock on SEC Network. And as Georgia, South Carolina, as that game showed you, anything can happen in the SEC. This is a crazy league with crazy good talent, isn't it? And that Florida-LSU game, my goodness, was there some talent on the field last night. Yeah, every week you better, you know, your habits have got to align um, with the way that you want to go perform because they'll, they will absolutely get exposed for three and a half hours on, on Saturday. So, you know, your practice habits and your preparation, they've got to align and, and you've got to be on point and, and bring, your, bring your A game, both physically and mentally, every single week or, or you won't have success. And that's, uh, you know, easier said than done. So, you know, our focus is full steam ahead on trying to be our best this week against Vandy because I know, you know, we're going to have to play a, a very 
a complete football game for four quarters to, to find a way to win it. And you always bring your A game to the great city of St. Louis on this radio show. We can't thank you enough for it. Thank you for being here with us this morning. Congratulations on the win yesterday, and good luck in Nashville on Saturday. Thanks, Tom. Have a great week. You too. There's Mizzou football coach Barry Odom. He's got a good team. They're good. They get another win. They are 5-1 and one and 2-0 and oh in the SEC. We'll take a break. Come back. John Mosellock, the president of baseball operations for the Cardinals on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX. John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, joining us momentarily. They're about to hop on a flight to Washington, so we're going to respect his travel schedule and hope to be able to get him. The Cardinals, Adam Wainwright, talking yesterday. Yeah, we're down 2 nothing, and um, that's why we play best of seven, right? They're going to they're gonna bring out all the stops, and, and uh, they have a pretty strong advantage right now, but you know they won two games at our place. We're going to go try to do at least that of theirs and, uh, and get this thing right again. I got a lot of confidence in our hitters. I think our hitters are going to do something special in Washington. How, how do you assess what you did today? I mean, you called it Christmas facing Scherzer today. Obviously, you pitched very well. Yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, disappointing knowing if I put up a zero in the eighth, there we're we're tied one one. You know, potentially. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm really down about right now. I know I threw the ball well and and had good stuff, located the ball well, and kept him off balance. But it all comes down to the end of the game. That's the way it is in the playoffs. We're pitching. Against very tough pitchers like Max, it's uh, you got to match zeros and and uh, I didn't do it today. He pitched great. Tip ta- your hat. At the tail end, did you feel like you still had a lot left in yeah. the tank? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's uh, pitch I'm trying to throw to uh, to Eaton there, and and I got a ground ball. He just he put good wood on it and 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 placed it perfectly. Um, not the pitch I'm trying to throw to Trey Turner, but it was the pitch I was trying to throw to, to Big City. I mean, he uh, he made a good swing. I've seen him do that in the postseason several times. I know he's he's a he's a quality at bat coming off the bench and and uh, any big spot he's gonna he's gonna be ready. He's he's got a knack for it. But um, yeah, I had plenty left. I wasn't tired at all. wasn't uh, wasn't losing command or anything. I, I I messed I messed up one pitch to Eaton. Other than that, I was pretty sharp. Well, he was not only pretty sharp, that was a legendary performance by Adam Wainwright. John Mosellock, the president of baseball operations, joins us now as he gets ready to hop on a flight to Washington, D.C., and we respect your time immensely, so we really appreciate this. Just a few quick ones for you, Mo, and first of all, that man right there, Adam Wainwright, what an unbelievable couple of performances in the postseason for him. Yeah, I mean, incredibly special. Uh, You know, sort of unfortunate, right, because starting pitching has been a something that's given us a chance to win games. But unfortunately, when you're not putting up runs, it's hard to do that. So looking back at, at Wayno's start yesterday, it was uh, you know, extremely impressive. Really kind of one or two mistakes there. Latter part of the game where it ended up getting us. But, you know, unfortunately, when you're not putting up a lot of runs, it puts a lot more pressure on your pitching. Tell us what you're seeing there offensively, Mo. There's a lot, of course, to dissect. You're facing two very good pitchers in games one and two. What are you seeing from your lineup? You know, I think right now I, I feel like it's a little bit what we're just pressing. Um, you know, trying to probably do more than we need to. Perhaps maybe just simplify it a little bit, get the ball in play, try to have uh, the ability to move runners, and, and you know, I guess <laughs> most importantly is get on base. Right? <laughs> it's hard to uh, it's hard to really sort of beat up where we are until you um, 
get some guys on and try to create a little traffic and, and, and maybe make a little noise. Yeah, I agree with you on that. On the pro- the pressing part of it, it's just it's human nature. You got a crowd. You're playing at home. You're trying to get that crowd electrified, and and it just didn't come through. And look, the, the staff, Mike Schilt, your entire group will will come up with this decision on what to do if there's an adjustment in the lineup. But this roster was put together for a reason. You got some high caliber players on it, don't you? Well, we do, and it's 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 still a team that we believe in. Um, my inbox this morning was, was quite full with everybody giving me their opinions. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I do feel like, as a reminder, I mean, we're still one of four teams still standing. So, you know, I, I still feel like uh, this club has a lot of things to be proud of. And, you know, hopefully we can find a way to, to dig out of that hole we're in and, and get ourselves back into something. They are going on the road. Uh, there's a, a team over there in Washington that's very good, but the Cardinals have been good on the road. I mean, look, I guess you look at this this way, John Moselock, is that you're going on the road for a series. You're going to take on the Nationals for three on the road. You win two out of three. You're coming home. You're giving the ball to Wayno in game six. I'll take that. Yeah, I think the simplest way to think about it is, is you know, we're, we're playing for tomorrow. Yeah. And, yeah, you win a game tomorrow, then, then – uh, in a lot of ways, you're right back in it. So that's what you got to see happen. And, and uh, you know, I think the recipe to get us there and, and what you hope to see happen is, is that we can string some success together and, and uh, put some runs up on the board and maybe take a little pressure off of everybody. Jack Flaherty on the mound has to make you feel good. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, I, I've heard this a lot, though, like, the, the starting pitching part hasn't been what, what's been concerning or, or where you're in the panic zone. It's, you know, can we put a string, a string a few games together where we put pressure on, just like we did against uh, Atlanta, and that's what you really need to see happen. We really appreciate the time very much. We're going to uh, have you hop on that plane and bring home a couple of wins. Actually, three would be great. But uh, let's <laughs> one in game three. That's it, look. It's it's exactly what you said. Settle in and uh, win a baseball game tomorrow, right, John Mozeliak? Yeah, I think the simplest way to think about this is one day at a time, and uh, that's what we hope to do. Appreciate the time very much. Have a safe flight, and we'll catch up with you real soon. All right, thank you. He is the best, and that's so nice of him to do that right before they hop on the plane. John Mozeliak, Cardinals president of baseball operations on KMOX Radio. It's 1137. We'll take a break, come back with a little bit more, and right around the corner, some football with Jonathan Hayes, the head coach of the St. Louis Battlehawks from the XFL. Some other thoughts from the Cardinals clubhouse, though. Wait till you hear what Colton Wong had to say. He was pretty emphatic about what he feels about this team moving forward. That's next on KMOX Sports on a Sunday morning. I'm Tom. I'm Ackerman. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX. Hey, let's go back. Tom Ackerman with you. Let's go back to the Cardinals clubhouse. Here's Colton Wong after the game two loss. They're about to hop on a flight to Washington, D.C. to take on the Nationals tomorrow night here on KMOX. Down 0-2 in the series. Here's Wong. I mean, good pitching usually makes bad scuffling, I guess. You know, I mean, when guys are attacking you and not really giving you any pitch to hit, you know, they're, they're really staying off the middle of the plate. You know, you're going to tend to chase because you understand that, you know, you're going to put in holes right away on pitches that you really wouldn't chase, you know, in the regular season. But, you know, they're getting the strikes now and doing a really good job at it. There was a couple times that we spoke and when you guys were in a tough spot and you were like, it wouldn't be any other way. You know, yeah. now you guys are 0-2. Are you, you feel like you're 
Ready we feel like we're right at home, man. Right at home. <laughs> we ain't worried about it. We've been in this situation this whole year. People count us out. I mean, getting booed. You know, that's part of it, man. But we've been constantly coming back, fighting, ready to go. Oh, hey, what's up, bro? Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're waiting on me. Just, just go ahead. How about Wayno today? <laughs> I mean, how about Wayno this whole time? The dude's been lights out, man, and it's just—it's frustrating for us to just continue to go down this route, man. You see him put up uh, outings like he does, man, and we we can't come through. But you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. And unfortunately, we just got to wear it for a little while until we get it going. You've been in our postseason games now, where you know two zero, wipe the slate clean, starting clean on in DC. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're, I, th- I feel like we're road warriors. Uh, we we've found our niche on the road, man, how to play on the road. So, you know, we're excited to get there and, and get going. You know, obviously we know what we're up against. We know the pitches we're up against, um, the odds we're up against, but that's what that's what we're all about. That's what we love. So let's get it. Let's get it, says Colton Wong, as his team boards a flight right now for Washington, D.C. I like his attitude. If it were me, that'd be the first batter that Steven Strasburg faces tomorrow is Colton Wong, the Cardinals' second baseman. Joining us on the line at 1144 is the head coach and general manager of your St. Louis Battlehawks. The XFL has come to St. Louis, and we have Coach Jonathan Hayes on KMOX right now. Coach Tom Ackerman, great to be with you. Great to have football back in St. Louis. How are you? Well, thanks, Tom. It's great to be here. Uh, we're excited. We're getting ready for the draft, and uh, it, 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 it'll be a great opportunity for us to, to uh, get back, bring football back in into St. Louis, and, and uh, give them a, a lot of excitement and fun back at the dome. The draft is Tuesday and Wednesday, so here it is with player selections announced on XFL.com. You can also follow them on Twitter which is XFL 2020. So here's how it works as I understand it. There are eight XFL teams, Coach, and there's going to be a quarterback that will be assigned each team by the league. Is that correct? That is correct. On Monday, we'll find out. Well, that's interesting. I, I can't wait to find that out. And then it's a for the draft, it is a snake format. So that means... Uh, that you, you draft in order, and then it comes back to you. They, you'll look at all kinds of things, skill players, offensive line, your defensive front seven, your defensive backfield. Uh, what do you expect? How do you expect to attack this in this exciting time of drafting a franchise? Well, needless to say, um, once you find out uh, who the quarterback's going to be, and I think we have a pretty good, good feel of who that is going to be, then from there, you start building your team uh, to the skill set with your quarterback and then hopefully keep moving uh, through that so that you cre- uh, create depth in the O and D line because that's always it's always hard hardest to find uh, the big people that can go out there and play and function and be reliable and, and have some nasty tools. That's uh, absolutely right. You got to have that. You, that's the foundation of your football team. Is this an exciting time for you? And I know that it's a lot of work and preparation, but it has to be an exciting opportunity for you to be able to start a team. Yeah, you know, uh, fortunately for me, um, I played at the University of Iowa, and when I first got there, Coach Fry had just been there for two years. He's going to his third year. And the team was uh, 
they weren't – Iowa was not the best uh, football team for a long time there. And my freshman year, I was fortunate enough to watch how things were done and how you build things from the ground up. And we end up going to the Rose Bowl. And needless to say, as, as the saying goes, you know, the rest is history. Coach uh, Fry's uh, illustrious career there and the, the great coaches that he had um, uh, around him, Barry Alvarez, Bill Snyder, Dan McCorney, Kirk Farron, uh, Del Miller, Don Patterson, uh, Bob Stoops was a quality control coach for him. Um, Mike Stoops was a quality control coach for him. Uh, Chuck Long came back and coached for Coach Fry. Um, and so, I mean, and I, I know I miss uh, plenty of guys, um, but it just shows you that he, Coach always understood you put good coach people around you, you'll have success. That's right. And, and, and so learning that lesson early, um, then, you know, when I went to Kansas City, uh, we kind of went through, you know, transition period. John Makovic, uh in my in my second year there, we go to the playoffs, and, and then they let him go. And then they brought Frank Gant in, and they let Frank go after two years. Frank had a tough – our first year with Frank, we had a strike year. So that's tough. And then we bring in uh, Marty Schottenheimer, and, you know, he taught, taught – taught us how to, even though we, he felt that we were a talented team and, and we were that, but how to uh, create uh, consistency and how to uh, trust the process and build it from the ground up and, 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 and be a tough, physical, tough-minded uh, human beings is who they, they continue to bring in. And then at the end of my career, I was fortunate enough to play for Bill Cower and uh, watching how Bill would handle the players, young or old, um, it, it just gave me a great example on on the things that uh, I needed to do as a head coach. Allow myself uh, to, uh, to 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 grow and. and I used all those examples, and then fortunately for me again, Bob Stoops and I were once a, once again back together after my playing days at Oklahoma. And won, and, a, and won a national title together. And we won a national title together. And the one thing Bob taught me is not to micromanage. You know, trust. That's why you bring good people in. You know, trust the people you brought in, bring in, and, and let them do their job. And then with Marvin. You know, it was always the details of, of, of everything and making sure that uh, as, as a coach, uh, you, you're handling the details and making sure the players understand the, the, the little things are, are, are important. And, and saying all those things, those are the things that have helped build me, not to mention Jewett uh, 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 Hayes and Joy Hayes, my mother and father, who probably were my my most important teachers and and so so it's been 57 years of 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 gathering information that put me in in front of this situation now that i feel 
very at ease with and uh, very comfortable doing. Boy, I'm I'm loving hearing all of this, but I, I'm getting the old juices flowing back again. I covered the NFL for a long time, and just hearing you talk about all those names and bringing those names back is getting me fired up. I want to go back to that first name that you mentioned, which is Hayden Fry, because when I was growing up watching Iowa on TV and seeing him on the sideline with those sunglasses, I thought he was the coolest. I, I grew up a Missouri fan, but watching Iowa play was always a treat. That team hit you hard. That team was solid. You were a second-round draft pick, an excellent tight end. Um, all of those things must have been what a great experience for you. By the way, Iowa losing to Penn State, I know it's tough, 17-12 last night, but what a great foundation for you. <laughs> what a great foundation for you, the University of Iowa. Yes, it was. And, and the, the, the relationships and the, the, the coaches and uh, players and the, the instructors, the teachers that I had there. Uh, I still have relationships with a lot of them. Some of the secretaries, it, uh, the trainers. It, 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 it just was such a positive influence in my life, and has always left. You know, I ran into some, to some uh, Iowa fans. We were out watching the game last night, and and they came up. Hey. Jonathan, uh, we're I we're from Iowa. We're, you know, <laughs> like you know, we start talking about old times there. So I mean, it, it just it, it was a great foundation. Uh, you really learned how to play football. I, you know, Barry Alvarez was my coach the first two years. He coached linebackers, and you know that's what I played. And then I transitioned uh, to tight end my junior year, but. Um, for me, just watching how they went about their work and how they how they went about things, watching Coach Snyder and his preparation, watching Coach Fry and his uh, building the staff and then his preparation. I mean, all those guys, you just learned. You know, if you were willing to be a sponge, you could learn something all the time from them. Jonathan Hayes, the head coach of the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL. Just a couple things left for you. And by the way, I should also mention that your son Jackson, who was drafted in the NBA by the New Orleans Pelicans, benefits from all that too. I mean, what a great history. What a great learning ground for him. What a cool sports family you have. But I wanted to ask you about just the XFL. What do you know about it? What sort of product are we going to see? What sort of backing do you have from the league? What is this league all about? So, um, the thing that uh, uh, Vince, uh, Vince McMahon obviously is, is the owner uh, operator of this whole thing, um, and then uh, Oliver Luck is our commissioner, and he's really going uh, running it this time. You know, Vince and and and, and Dick Ebersole ran it prior, you know, back way back when, but now it's it's. Uh, Oliver's going to run the league, and Tim and Doug Whaley, Doug's his right hand man. They're putting had put all this together. And as far as we're concerned, you know, we were fortunate enough to uh, be placed here in St. Louis. Um, as we've discussed, I've been uh, we've been here in town, uh, putting the draft together, getting ready to go to work on on Tuesday, and and, and start making our picks. Uh, it'll start with the skill players first, so we'll have the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receiver, and the tight end. And then once we get through that, then we'll go with the offensive line 
and then after that we'll go. Then we'll have a, a, a uh, start with the defensive line and, and linebackers, and then uh, we'll go again with the um, uh, corners and nickels and strong safety, free safeties, and then we'll go to the open draft. And 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 so when you have and understand, I I I was a big we were a big part of the, this process when I was at, in Cincinnati because the coaching staff also played a major role in being part of the scouting department because when I was in Cincinnati, we only had five scouts. Yep. So as soon as the season was over, you immediately start looking at players and then uh, you, you were getting ready to go to the senior bowl and then from the senior bowl, you were getting ready for the combine. And from the combine, you would be out for a full month uh, working players out, getting to know them, getting their background checks on them, understanding how they learn, all the things that you need to know and gather information. Now, some of my colleagues that coached on other teams always asked me, man, you're always out. You're always, you know, I said, yeah, it's a good thing. And, and, and it can be a little bit of a curse at times because you're away from your family and all those things. But the the plus of it was I got to see almost every guy we would talk about, or I got to touch him. I got to work him out. I got to put my hands on him. I got to put him at the board. So uh, I got to understand and, and learn how to evaluate players it didn't matter if he was playing at, at a one double A school or Division two school or at a, one of the top D uh, one uh, schools. You, you have to judge players on the competition they're playing against. That's all you get get to see. And then you can decide if you can project them into to the next level. And that's what we do here. And we got to be able to do that. We have to be able to be solved in our evaluations. And we have to be able to to say if, if it wasn't a good good decision later on down the line, then we, we got to make an adjustment and move on. Well, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And the season kicks off February 8th and 9th, but the draft is Tuesday and Wednesday. Jonathan Hayes, thanks so much for being with us. Good luck, and we will definitely stay in touch with you on XFL here in St. Louis. Well, thanks a lot, Tom. I appreciate the time. It is great to have Jonathan Hayes on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.